Okay, hi everybody, and welcome to another episode of On Purpose. I am Dr. John Duffy. Honored to be hanging out with the Tribune's Heidi Stevens. What's up, Heidi? Hello. We had a week off. Yes. Yeah. Well, you got to go down uh, on a pseudo vacation. Pseudo vacation. Yeah. It had all the trappings of a vacation in that it was in Florida and it was warm and we had lovely weather. I had a sick kid, yeah. which is a bummer. That that is a drag. Um. Yeah. You know, you're the whole time you're sitting there trying to get them better. You're also like a little resentful that you're not on a paddleboard or oh, yeah, <laughs> drinking a mimosa sure. by a pool. Um. <laughs> not so much resentful at her, but resentful at you know, the universe. The it's like, yeah. really? Flu? Yeah. You couldn't have shown up like two weeks earlier? <laughs> no kidding, Or right? like a week later? But anyway, she healed. It's fine. Um, yeah. We had we had some, we made some memories. Yeah, good. Yeah, including good. the memory of the urgent care in Florida, which I would like to never return to. Yeah, you tell a harrowing yeah. story yeah. about uh, the attempt to over-medicate your daughter. Right? Hyper-medicate your daughter. Hyper-medicate, <laughs> yeah. And we'll go there a different day, but we have too yes. much other stuff to talk about today. Yeah. So... You saw Abby. I did, right before I left. In fact, a couple days before spring break, Abby Wambach was in Naperville with Glennon, her wife, on her book tour uh, for a wolf pack. And, you know, the book is um, a longer version, basically, of the graduation speech she gave at Barnard last year that went viral, rightly so. Like, it's amazing. Super amazing speech. and the audience was at Naperville, I'd say about a third girls, like mostly in soccer jerseys, either their own or their heroes. Like that, that Ham. almost brought, reading yeah. your, that, that bit in your column almost brought tears to my eyes. Yeah. Honestly, like that's so awesome. It was really cool. Yeah. And there were entire high school soccer teams there together. One during the Q&A, a coach stood up and said like, oh, I'm here with my whole girl soccer team from blah, blah, high school. Um, it was not the audience that obviously you would have seen when you saw Abby and Glennon right. at a parenting conference. It was not the audience I saw when I saw Abby and Glennon last year at the Chicago Theater with Lovey Ajayi and a whole bunch oh, of other, yeah. you know, that was yeah. like grownups who, right. you know, for sure had wine before they got there, uh, <laughs> <laughs> including me. Um, this was different. Now, I will say, um, and this is what I focused on in the column, the content of their talk was not remarkably different and this was bold to me and I I highlighted this in the column she they they talked about the book they talked about soccer they talked about all the life skills you learn from being immersed in athletics and being part of a team and then they started talking about LGBT youth and marriage equality and Glennon's journey toward um you know being in love with and then married to a woman when she had previously been in love with and married to a man. Right. Um, and they took the Christian church to task for preaching shame from its pulpits in too many cases. Now, this talk took place in a church. Which is amazing, right? I mean, yeah. That alone blows me away. Blew me away. Yeah. And I thought, you know, a lot of parents did not come for this. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I They're wonder Wambach, the soccer star. Talking about soccer. Yeah. And I wonder how it's playing. And, you know, I heard from a few after my column ran, um, that were appalled. Um one uh older gentleman said he brought his grandson and at one point and he was the older gentleman, the one who wrote, was um extremely upset 
you know, she she should have inappropriate somehow. Inappropriate. She should have stuck to soccer. I didn't come to hear about her gay marriage. Um, I didn't come to hear her wife. I didn't even want her wife on stage with her. Wow. And he said at one point, my grandson turned to me and said, I'm sorry, Grandpa. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> wow. I know. And then I didn't answer him. I don't answer all my email. And also I was on vacation when I read it. Um, then his wife emailed and struck a similar tone. Like, we, this isn't what we, you know, bought tickets to see. I have to believe that they represented, you know, a handful of those audience members. Yeah, I'm sure. And then I think probably plenty of other audience members were like, yes, exactly what I was hoping to hear. And then others were probably like, wow, I didn't know I was going to hear that. But awesome. Yeah. Um, and especially for the kids in the audience, I hope they felt like, you know, huh, um, athletes can talk about a whole bunch more than just sports. Um, women can be exactly who they want to be authentically and proudly and talk about it from a stage and we can applaud. Um, and maybe this is giving me courage to, you know, be true to myself, whatever that self is, right. It might have nothing to do with sexuality, but it might have to do with, you know, a, a career you're interested in that's tended to be male dominated or a subject that, you know, everyone says you're not going to be good at because you're a girl or whatever it is. Right. But, but whatever you're holding secret, right. That, that doesn't need to be, if you hold some shame, right. Right. You can like release that. And maybe that's the best part of you. Totally. Yeah. So I just thought there was a lot of value in it. And I thought what they were doing, it just struck me in that moment. Like this is a little subversive, like they're kind of sneaking in, and I'm here for it. I, I like it, but yeah, you're all about but it, they're, you know, they're they're coming into they're coming into our churches. They're com- but I mean they are. You know, they're here they are. Over. They're in our they're in a church in yeah. Naperville. Yeah. Um, and talking about how it's just fine to be gay, and I 100 percent agree with them. Yep. And yet that's like um, it's a little radical. It's taking on a certain old age old school establishment and without if, if it's like when i saw glenn and abby it's not only without apology it's super matter of fact yeah um and funny right and you know kind of like this is a look at our lives it's not perfect we have our things um, yeah but it's this is our life yeah and we're gonna talk about it and you know? right and, and i would imagine that and, and i'm curious to hear if you agree if Abby knew and Glennon knew that they were that you were going to get mail like that, writing about them, whether they would care, whether they would even think, fine, good. I would care. bet my kids' college savings, which is small, that they <laughs> would not care. Yeah, I mean they they're on Twitter, yeah. like that. You know, their heads are not in the no, sand no. about what this country is and how divided it is. And I mean, they you know, I'm sure they get hate mail. Of course. So I I think they knew and barreled through, you know, fully informed about what sort of diversity was sitting in that audience. I have um, I have a weird reaction to when I read your column. um, I follow Abby and Glennon um, religiously. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Even to churches in Naperville. Um, But you know, I, I. somehow feel being male mm-hmm. like so i i've read like glennon's memoir is one is one of the best books i've ever read yeah one of the best it's certainly the best my favorite memoir other maybe then um Lori gottlieb's which is mm. i think unbelievable yeah um but uh i feel left out 
I feel like, uh, you know, can interesting. I be part of the wolf pack? You yeah. Know? Like, I don't think I can. I don't think I get to be in there, you know? Like, and so as a guy, um, I was thinking literally every time they're around here, I'm thinking I want to see them. Yeah. The parenting conference was a great venue because it was completely legit. And I, you know, I've been there every year. Yeah. But going to this, I, I feel like, geez, do I belong there? Do they want me there? Super interesting. And now I'm starting to think also about our earlier talk about male friendships. Because, I mean, what is a wolf pack if it's not a group of friends, right? right? And allies? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so interesting. Yeah. Now, when I emailed you either right before or right after the Abby thing, it reminded you a little bit of Pete Buttigieg, right? Yes. Mayor Pete. And yeah. and tell me what, like, how the how those two paths came yeah, together. Yeah. So, <laughs> So um, I, about two months ago, a friend of mine, um, Max Potter, who works for Esquire magazine, um, wrote me. Uh, he was, he'd worked for um, Hickenlooper, who was the governor of Colorado. Um, he might still be at the time when they legalized marijuana. Max helped um, write this legislation. Okay. And so he was all behind this guy, um, his guy, who he worked for, to be president. And Got it. And he saw Pete speak. And he wrote me and he said, you got to watch this guy, you know. And so I start watching Mayor Pete. And um, what's so I went to his announcement. My wife and I went to South Bend in the freezing rain. Yeah. A billion people. Wow. To see this guy announce. And um, what was cool about it, this felt equally subversive somehow. Um, We are in a... um, badass old Studebaker uh, factory building. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is literally like rain is coming in through the ceiling. Wow. Rusty and cool and freezing. Yeah. And out comes this guy and he is um, super engaging and probably one of the smartest people I've ever heard speak. Yeah. And he speaks all these languages and he is an Afghan vet and he went to Harvard and he went to Oxford and uh he was a mayor when he was 31 years old, maybe 30. And um, and as a side note, he's also gay. Right. And Chaston, his hilarious husband. Is Who everyone audience. loves on yeah. Twitter. Yep. <laughs> so at the end, Chaston comes out. They kiss. Yeah. And like candidates do, they're holding hands, walking across the stage, hands up in the air, like Bill and Hillary or Barack right. and Michelle. You know? Right. And, it, and it's what was noteworthy about it was how... Not noteworthy, it felt. Yeah, it totally. It was really not really, it didn't feel like a thing. Totally. Which, in a way, felt like sleight of hand yeah. to me. You know what I mean? Like, yep. wow, we didn't even have that moment where this was like a, the the first gay candidate. Right. And, and we're going to talk about that the whole time. Right. You know? um, Similar to Lori Lightfoot, yes, I would say. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, wait, what does her wife do for right. a living? Instead of like, oh, she's got a wife. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And so so I, I, I don't know if, if you're... If your suggestion about Glennon and Abby has to do with them being gay or them being female. Yeah. But I will say with Pete and Chaston, uh, the sleight of hand did feel very much like um, were these guys. I'm, the, I'm this Afghan vet badass guy. Right. Um, and I've got a husband. And this all fits perfectly fine together. These yeah. These pieces work perfectly fine. And there is no dissonance. Yeah. Such, and and in the, I was... It, just like you were, I was attending to the crowd yeah. out there, and um, the guy behind me, just, I couldn't believe it, was wearing an Alabama hat. So uh, I talked to this guy for a minute because he, because I'm thinking like, 
you seem unlikely to me yeah. to be here. Right. And, he's, and he was kind of like, well, why? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why would you say that? <laughs> but he knew, he knew what I meant. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and he said, um, he said, I love this guy. This guy's a vet. This yeah. guy's cool. You know, I like everything he has to say. And I was just thinking, like, um, I needed that in order to feel good about American politics again. Right, you know right. I mean? Like, I don't know if Pete has any chance at all. Yeah. I don't know exactly what Pete's policies are. You yeah. Know? Um, I have a rough idea. Yeah. Mostly, They're I not just super to different from feel good. all 19 other candidates. Yes. But yeah. yeah. So uh, we have to talk for a second about privilege, though, yeah, yeah. in both of these cases, mm-hmm. because they're all white, mm-hmm. Abby and Glennon and Pete. Glennon's gorgeous. Yeah. Abby has had great success as an athlete and um, has all of that background to shore her up, yep. right? And actually get families into a church to hear Absolutely. her talk. She's super legit, right? Right. Like, this is how you get your girls in soccer jerseys into a church, right? Yeah, the exactly. The player in the world shows up, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Pete is getting the love and affection of potential voters and the media yeah. um, in a way that candidates who are female and not white are are having a little harder time Definitely. doing. Um, I read a political piece that described him as um, a young person who behaves how old people think young people should behave, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was That's brilliant, right? <laughs> and yes. I mean, they do all have an element of that. It's like, well, yeah, I like gay people as long as they act like that. Yep. Or, yes, you know. Yes, yes, right. Right? Right, yeah. Um, or like. Not shoving it in our face. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 Or I I like, you know, young radicals as long as, you know, they, they do it in church or, you know, right, as, right, long, right. as long as they're white. Yeah. So like. <laughs> white and clean and pretty. And, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I do, I, I don't know what to do or say about that exactly, but I do have that in my mind that like, well, I don't know if Abby were black and Glennon were Latina and they were sitting on that stage. I don't know. It would be I a different story if Pete, you know, may, I don't know. I mean, Barack Obama and Pete are getting compared to each other yeah. a lot. Barack Obama obviously is not white. Right. So it's not as though we are incapable of embracing candidates who aren't white. But but I do think that has to I do think we have to factor that it's into part of, it's part of the formula for sure. It is. Yeah. And I yeah. do think it would be different. I um my my fear about that is that we'd faux celebrate that. You yeah. Know, like the way we did with Obama. Yeah. Look at us. Yes. We elected a black guy. Yeah, exactly. No longer racist We've here in America. Yeah. yeah. We're post racial America now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so interesting stuff. Yes, seriously. Yeah. So another um, interesting, cool, inspiring woman with a book who I got to interview recently was Melinda Gates. Yeah. Um, so she has a new book out called The Moment of Lift. And I went into it thinking it was mostly going to be about her travels around the world as co-chair of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which Absolutely. is like the... Yeah single largest private foundation in the world, 50 billion in assets. She does talk about that quite uh-huh. a bit. Um, she goes to Northern India and all sorts of rural villages and all around Africa and all over the place and talks about need, you know, the, the girls and the women she meets and the need to lift them out of poverty, out of child marriage, out of all these terrible, terrible roles that they're assigned to simply because they're born female. What she also talks about and what I think you and I could really have an interesting conversation about is the gender imbalance in her own American marriage. Yeah. 
and how she would find herself sort of like reflexively being the one at the sink after dinner doing all the dishes or doing all the drop off and all the pickup for their reflexively. kids like, reflexively. Yeah, this is just my like, role. This is my job. I'm um, the woman. Right. Um, and, you know, some of her travels and some of her work um, in advocating for gender equity made her go like, well, wait a minute. Am I advocating for gender equity actually like in my own house? Right. And so she, um, this is the part I think is super interesting. She found the courage and it takes courage to, to have those hard conversations with Bill, her husband. Most of us don't have a husband who's the second richest man in the world. But any any marriage, there's an irony. There's just something funny it, about the fact that she's going to Bill Gates, right? Like, you know, right, saying you know, like, could you help help out? A could you help out a little bit? <laughs> um, but she would say, like, you know, hey, I don't. I'm not sure why I do all the drop off and all the pickup. Like, you yeah. know, and then sort of spelled out her case. And he was like, yeah, I'll start doing drop off. And so he started doing drop-off. And she writes about how some other moms at the school were like, you know, we saw Bill doing drop-off. And we said to our husbands, like, <clears throat> if Bill Gates can drop his kid off, you can drop our kid off. Right. And so, like, more dads started doing drop-off. So there's the role modeling of it, right, to actually shift an entire culture forward a little like bit. open the door just right. a little bit. And a Bill Gates is not a bad door opener, I guess. Right, yeah. right. He's a pretty good role model. Um, but there's also just the... The happiness and the fairness of a marriage that I would love to hear your thoughts on because you counsel couples and I, you know, I just, I think this is a tricky one. I think um, so many of us still consciously or unconsciously model our marriages a little bit off our parents or off what we see our neighbors doing or just, I don't know, off antiquated ideas or we just sort of want to keep the peace, yeah. you know? So it's yep. like, even if stuff feels a little unfair, you're like, am I really going to, you know, turn date night into a fight about yeah. drop off and pick up? Right. We've got this um, equilibrium, this stasis, right? Well, why, why not? Why disrupt what's working fine? Right. Yeah. But it's hard for me to imagine. And, and I will, full disclosure, I will say that an unequal division of labor and my utter inability to fix it really was the undoing of my first marriage. I mean, almost 100%. And and division of labor, I'm talking housework, I'm talking child rearing, I'm talking yep. like the, you know, the the unpaid labor that we talk about, right? The like who remembers dentist appointments and doctor's appointments and, and birthday parties and, and cleaning the kitchen. Right, grabbing the gift to take to the birthday party and yep. Mother's Day brunch and all that stuff. Um, it's hard for me to imagine... Having a happy marriage where it's not pretty equal. Yeah. Um, but tell me if that's, I mean, wh- what do you think? Do you- I, I agree completely. I think there are, in my experience, there are marriages that last where there is this ongoing imbalance um, and it, we just don't talk about it or we seethe underneath, right? Um, yeah. It's always, I'm trying to think of a situation I've ever worked with. In working with couples where the dad slash man thought he did most of the household mm. stuff, mm-hmm. I can't think of that. That so they're not in counseling. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, first of all, they're not in counseling. Those couples might exist, but they're not in counseling. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, right. There, 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 there's something to that. Yeah, I mean, that, no, are, I'm not they, kidding. They could probably use counseling. Yeah, um, that 
that's almost always the case. The people who need it aren't there. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Um, but yeah, I, I would argue that there's an awful lot of ongoing imbalance in relationships. I wrote my dissertation on this, on gender roles in marriage 20 years ago, 22. It was bad then. <laughs> I mean, yeah. inequity was measurably bad. And it's gotten better by percentage, by a couple of percentage points. But still, there's this mass inequity, even though women are working more right. outside the home. And still, they're responsible for the vast majority of household tasks and parenting and all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, I agree with you that I don't think you can have a really happy marriage without that. And oftentimes, I find that the person missing out, oddly enough, is the man slash dad slash yeah. husband, you know? Um, so I, I'm a Springsteen guy. Yeah. Uh, and um, a mom I worked with had read his um, recent autobiography. and uh, I didn't even know he had an autobiography. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Ah. Oh, yeah. What's it uh, called? Born to Run. Of course, <laughs> of course it's called Born to Run. Okay, so carry on. In any event, at one point, um, his wife made him get up one morning, Springsteen's wife. Okay. Um, he has three children, and they were young then. Uh, and he was like a night guy. Hey, I'm a rock and roll guy. I'm up all night. You right. Know? Um, he's and dancing in the dark. Got, right. He's dancing in the dark. And he so uh, she gets him up and, and kind of has him, like, watch breakfast. And she points out, this is what you miss. Yeah. Every single day. Oh. So we're all, we're here, we're talking, we're, Oh, you it know. just got sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be like, this one eats Cheerios, no, and no. that's where I keep the Windex for when this one spills. No, no like point, the Patty's point was, oh. you're, you're missing, like, yeah. this is, and this is going fast. Yep. And so from that day on, whenever he was home, he was up yeah. making breakfast. And he had never made breakfast before in his Aww. life. And he had like nine-year-olds. You yeah. Know? Like, and so. Okay. Part of me is all. And part of me is like, how the fuck do you get to be that old with three kids and never have made breakfast? Right. But okay. No, that, so, that, I'm torn. That was her point, too. It wasn't just sweet. It's believe sweet me. Like, and she was, enraging. Yeah. She was yeah. furious. I mean, she, she's like, you know, I'm doing this, first of all. I'm right. Doing all this. I don't she know also, a single woman with three kids career, who could get away you know? with never yeah. having made breakfast. But okay. Right. Carry on. Right. Um, <laughs> and so this mom pointed this out and said. You're missing that same thing. Yeah. To your husband. And, um, and, and, uh, this is the couple in couple your office now. Yes. Okay. And, um, and so he said, well, um, he, they, they debated whether it was fair given that, you know, well, I bring in, I'm a lawyer, I bring in mm. the money. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm willing to miss that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she said, um, I think that's a bad call, mm-hmm. but you can make that call. And I guess I can take care of the kids and I can get them off to school and do all that stuff. But the biggest, but you're never going to get this back. Yeah. You know, and right. that was the, that was the big point. That's the point I try to make to dads a lot. Is yeah. Like, you know, if you think you're getting away with something, you're probably not. Yep. And, you know, you, you might think you are moment to moment, day to day, but big picture being the father of a 23 year old. Yeah. It's like, mm, you don't want to miss anything. Yeah. You know what I mean, like you don't want to miss the cleaning up the puke on, you know what I mean? At two right. in the morning, you want to be that guy, you yeah. know, uh, because there's something magical about a lot of these moments. Yep. And, and even the mundane moments, it's important to be part of those. Like yeah. that's part of being in the family, you know, yep. and to be outside of it feels regrettable, you know? So, um, my pitch is not, you know, do this out of fairness. I think that's an important pitch, Yeah. but it's also like, 
it, part of the fairness is being part of the good parts. Yeah. You know I mean? Because if you're if you're out, you're out. Right. Period. All right. the way. You don't get any of it. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's such a good point. Yeah. I wonder if you have advice for couples, and I don't even think this just has to be marriage. I think this would be couples who are thinking of marriage or who are just, you know, serious enough to have this level of conversation. But I wonder if you have advice for how to have some of those conversations. Like in, you know, Melinda Gates's book, she, you know, she talked about how they had them and they were successful. But, you know, I, I think often it's just the way you word it. Yeah. Um, and if you're with, you know, the right kind of partner, and I think, you know, a lot of people are with lovely partners mm -hmm. and that this part is just not working. Yes. That's separate from, you know, you're with, you know, a partner who's just not going to budge, who's yeah. just not going to pitch in yep. and change. And I had one of those. And then, you know, it's on you to decide whether to stay or go. I left. Um, but if you are in a good marriage and it's two willing partners who are like, look, we're team, you know, we talked on our first episode about being team Heidi. Yes. Yep. You know, um, team Michael, team John, right. you, you know, being thinking of each other as teammates. Yeah. If you think of each other as teammates and you're just one of you is like, well, I'm the point guard and you're the whatever is not a point guard. I don't know basketball terms, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? How, the rabbit right? hole. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Let me come up with a non-sports one. If you think of yourselves as teammates, right. but you're sort of like, well, that's not my position. You know, yeah. I don't I don't do dishes on this team. Right. You know, I do money earning. Right. right, right. She does dishes. Like that doesn't necessarily make you a jerk, but I also don't know if it makes you happily married. I, does I, it, I don't know if it makes both of you happily I think married. It does not make both of you happy. My experience would suggest strongly it does not make both of you happily married. Yeah. And the word, one of the most poignant, my job's such a privilege, and one of the most poignant moments I got to witness, it was a couple who had not yet married, but they were living together. They had a child, and um, and she said, um, I I want us to feel. You use the word partner. And she said, I want us to feel like partners. I miss my friend with me yeah. as we do things, you know? And that the, the wording of that was so elegant and, and non-accusatory, yeah. right? You know, because she could have said, you're not doing anything around the house. Right. Like crazy, this isn't you know? fair. Because th I think that's yeah. part of what she was feeling. Yep. But he was able to respond to, you know, I want you with me. Yeah. Not, you know, and, um, and so they really did join forces and they would do like they would do dishes together and they would do laundry together and they yeah. did, so a lot of the tasks because they both hated them and most right. of us hate these things of right? course these are awful who enjoys that right, stuff right but doing them together sometimes or at the same time yeah you know what i mean like while well, you go do the laundry or i'll put the kids to bed you know yeah like, and and knowing like all right we have each other's backs. Right. You know, like, I don't think someone's not on the couch watching basketball while I'm, yes. if I were on the couch watching basketball, I could have come up with another <laughs> word than point guard, but, but someone's not on the couch while someone else is busting their behind yeah. doing all the work. Right. If you're both busting your behind, even in separate tasks, it just feels a little more like, okay. And then when we're both done, we can sit down together and feel like there's not that resentment there. And, right. It feels better. That's the thing is with that, that lack of resentment feels better. And I think a lot of us, a lot of couples don't recognize the degree to which they resent each other. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true. Right. So it's important. Like I, that's why I love couples therapy. Um, I, w I was on a, at the Zen parenting conference, um, Alexandra Solomon, who um, is brilliant. She works yeah. at the Marriage and Family Institute at Northwestern. And she boldly said, that she and her husband had had five therapists. And she's like, oh, it wouldn't work. We didn't, we didn't, if we yeah. you know, didn't do that sometimes, you know, we, you know, um, this, 
wouldn't work out because we have to like reset yep. and get back to you know something that feels level and square and even yep. you know yep um and i so i always think like that's always a great idea because the stuff that that bubbles underneath the surface gets set yeah and sometimes that's all it takes well and you i think learn to either in the office or ideally once you leave the office lead with how this thing is making me feel which is exactly what you said about yep. the couple the woman saying you know i want to feel like we're partners, right? Yeah. And 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 that's what you know. All the experts will tell you, right? Say, yeah. you know, it makes me feel it's an I statement lonely. It you. makes yeah, yeah, instead of like you're being a yeah. you know or you're not. Um, it and, describes kind of what you want, right? You know, I want this to feel for us like this. Yeah. Right. Oh, I like that too. Right? Yeah. 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 It's kind of like I want you to feel this too. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. I want us to have blah blah blah. Yeah. I want our marriage to feel blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. That's a really good point. I was joking with you before we started recording about one time when I was running around doing a hundred things, and Michael said to me, um, "What can I take off your plate?" And I was like, <laughs> "Ooh, not my plate." <laughs> our plate. I feel our... sick for Michael for for some reason. I feel wow. Sick our house, <laughs> our dishes, our laundry. He was like, "Okay, um, I'm gonna go take the recycling out." <laughs> but in that so moment, I was way backwards. <laughs> like he was, uh, his instincts were a hundred percent right. Like, wow, she's doing a lot. I better start doing some of the things. Right. Um, and my instincts were also like a little right. Like, well, these are not all my things that you're gonna decide. You yeah. know, which one to help with. Um, but you know, both of us had the same goal. Like, yeah. let's tackle this shit together, and it'll be over with sooner. Um, but I, you know, I didn't love his wording. I'm sure he didn't love my response. But, um, you know, if you're not going to have every moment be perfectly worded, but but if in general you approach this whole topic with like we're teammates and we're keeping it fair and equal because we want to keep feeling like teammates and because we want want this marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do remember saying to Michael once when we were, you know, our calendars are crazy. And so we sit down every Sunday night and like map out, you know, what the heck is happening in the next seven days. And then usually on like Wednesday morning too, like, okay, what are the nine things that changed between Sunday and today? And now what are Thursday and Friday? Like, um, and it's nuts. And it would be in many ways, we've both admitted easier. Our lives would be easier if we did sort of just like he lived his calendar. I lived my calendar Saturday morning. We're like, hey, babe, how was your week? Barely saw you. Right, right. I mean, it, it would logistically be easier. But I, I think both of us would feel like we weren't living the same life. Well, it, does yeah. ask, it begs the question, like, what is a marriage, right? Right. Because that feels like... Uh, uh, some form of partnership, but not a marriage. I mean, you know, marriage feels like more intertwined than that. Right. More like we, I have your back and you have mine than that. Yeah. Yep. I want him to know what it's like to pick June up from trampoline, not just because it feels fair, but also because then I can say like, you know, Sydney's mom. And he's like, oh, yeah, Sydney's mom. Yeah, you know, right, instead right, of right. like, I don't know who these people are that you're talking about, yep. you know, yep. Um, or like e- either one of us can do any of the things. And there's... there's a peace of mind about that, that like if you suddenly get sick or you suddenly have to go to town or you have to stay at work, like the other person's not lost. That's some peace of mind. But it's also just, it feels like, no, you know my life and I know yours. Like there's that bearing witness and sharing. Right. right? And, and, And it's no, it's no small thing. It's kind of what marriage is about, you know? And 
I am not a big fan of talking about a relationship all the time, but I think a lot of people never reflect in a meta way, yeah. on the way they interact, yeah, right? and, and what they do for one another, yep. And I, um, I really appreciate it when uh, people come in to my office and do that. And it's not always, curiously, it's not always about tasks. Um, I, I worked with one um, couple recently, and he, she didn't like it when he drank a lot. Mm-hmm. She liked it when he drank. Like they, they like to drink uh-huh. together. You know, uh-huh. to a certain point. Yeah. But she said there's this tipping point. Yep. And then it's it, so three quarters of the night is fine, and then you're gone. Yeah. And then I feel like you know I'm free falling alone. I've got and I've got to navigate you. Yeah. You know? um, and uh, it took a couple of sessions for him to really hear that. Yeah. But once he did, it was it, there. There was this kind of like um, plateau that they hit that yeah. you felt like, oh, this. This relationship is so much better for having wow. this through, you know, like yeah. and instead of her just kind of like feeling like I'm just going to have to suffer this. This is just how he is. And that's how the, how it started. It was, you know, like, hey, listen, you know, like I like my football games. I like to hang out with my guys yeah. and it's going to happen. You yep. know, and, and if <laughs> it is what it, it is. If we left it at that one session, that would have been the end of it. it yeah. Like, OK, well, I guess that we'll just have to settle then for that. Yep. And I'm not much for settling in, and I don't think you are either. For, I'm not you know, in a relationship that's like lifelong and critical, and right? Your closest one, right? I 100% agree. I and I, I think that's what stood out to me so strongly in Melinda Gates's book, which 900 different things could have stood out sure. strongly. And and it's it's a wonderful book on a million different topics. But I did, I just was so touched by her willingness and ability to be like, hey, this marriage that we have right now, not fair, not yeah. working. Like, yeah. let's come up with a different way. And and she wove that together with anecdotes about, you know, like a couple living on a goat farm in Tanzania where, you know, she, the wife would walk 12 miles each way every day to get the water because that wow. was the closest well. And then they had a their first baby and she couldn't make the 12 mile each way walk every day anymore. She was, she packed up her bags to leave. She was like, I can't burden my husband anymore. I am wow. no longer capable of fetching the water. I'll right. go back and live with my mom with our, you know, with my baby son. And her husband found her on the doorstep, bags packed, ready to leave and was like, oh my God, you know, what are you doing? You can't, I love you. This is our marriage. I don't want you to leave. What can I do to make you stay? And she was like, you fetch the water. Like I am trying to nurse a newborn and it's, um, you know, um, also still doing 900 other tasks. You live in a farm. I mean, I don't know any farmers, but I don't think they ever sit down. I don't think so. Yeah. Anyway, he was like, oh, I'll start fetching the water. And the village made you know, horrible fun of him and called him bewitched and said he was doing women's work and, you know, chastised him. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. I don't care. Did it anyway. Because this is part, this is what she, this is what my family needs. And it was really cool. And, you know, I can imagine with a lesser writer or maybe someone with not the track record that Melinda Gates has, you'd read the two side by side, her complaining about, you know, dishes and this story about this couple in Tanzania on a goat farm and be like, oh, my God, shut up. If you think your life is any way related to what this couple is going through on their go farm in Africa. It doesn't feel like a one-to-one comparison. (laughs) It's really not. Your foundation alone has $50 billion. But anyway, um, somehow it worked. And I think maybe for me it worked because I do, I find that 
so often it's tempting to settle. It's easier to settle. Mm-hmm. I know couples who have settled. Yep. Um, I know a lot who have settled. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's always worth pushing through that temptation and being like, you know, I think there's potential, though, for this to be better than it is. Yes. And, um, and just as a final note or, or two, I don't think it ha- it's a matter of dollars and cents of who earns what, you know. And yeah. It doesn't have to be too often. You don't think it is. I don't. Uh, I agree. No, absolutely yeah. not. I no, agree. Um, uh, that's kind of irrelevant. You yeah. Know what I mean, like, that's not what the household is about necessarily, right? right? Um, it, it's a piece of it. It's important. But that's not what we're talking about here. You know what I mean? Like, that, that might be a little piece of the partnership. Yeah. But there's an awful lot of work that goes into running everything else and sometimes going to work is easier oh it's you know what I mean, right it's clean every it's time like, easier right. <laughs> <laughs> trust so me you gotta remember that and it's also not a contest right it, yeah it, so it's it's um it, it's not about too many people sit down in my office and, and they're like keeping score yep instead of like okay we feel like good we feel like that on the whole yeah things are working out and it's pretty fair yeah you know yeah but i think I think fairness is worth a discussion. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And even if it's a hard one, yeah, I think it's worth a try. Yep. And it might take a couple of shots. I mean, I guess if I yeah. have anything to add, it's like initially you're probably going to be defensive and keeping score mm-hmm. and like you know, hey, I did the dishwasher thing last week, and you know, like yeah. Um, but if you if you talk about how you feel about it, yep, I think you can get down to something that feels equitable. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. This right. was good. This was good. Yeah. yeah. We actually, this time we concluded something, I think. I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> Answers. <laughs> Very rare. But. All right, guys. We will talk to you next week. This is On Purpose.